When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to our Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. Today, we have our special guest, whose name is Nate, who talks all about the power of Taoism. And I hope that you truly enjoy this conversation. And I really learned a whole, whole lot. And I know you will too. So definitely stay tuned and continue to listen. Hello, I am so happy I'm here today with my friend Nate Rifkin, who is a published author on a book on ancient form of meditation from the Taoist tradition. I'm so stoked and excited to hear about that because that's a little new for me even. <laughs> and I think you'll really enjoy what he has to share. He's gone from a very like rock bottom space of being suicidal, drinking alcohol every morning, even waving a sign on the corner. And then he just completely transformed his life in this new way, um, utilizing this new type of meditation. Well, it's not really new but new type of meditation for his lifestyle. And so I'm so excited to hear about it. And thank you so much for joining me today, Nate. Oh, I'm honored to be here, Lindsay. Thank you. And um, yeah, I'm really excited and hope I can, um, that we can share something that will really create wonderful change in your listeners. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure of it. So I just want to start from the beginning and just kind of get this whole story of like where you started, like maybe be in that dark place and then just your whole journey. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, well, my journey definitely did start in a dark place. Uh, to set the stage, um, I grew up in a household that was um, not emotionally healthy. My parents weren't mm -hmm. really equipped to raise children. They weren't really um, emotionally or psychologically healthy themselves. So mm -hmm. I was, a, yeah, I was a pretty angry child. And then as I got older, I got more and more depressed. Um, mm. cause we can, we can talk about this later, but uh, a lot of times, uh, depression is really deeply buried anger that hasn't been processed. So that was what was mm -hmm. happening to me. Um, and as you know, as I became a teenager, I just got worse. I just, I hardly had any friends and, and the friends I did have, it was, it was kind of a surface level thing. So I never really kind of, you could say, found my tribe um, mm -hmm. and couldn't get a date to save my life either. And I I thought to myself, I, but I always kind of kept a glimmer of hope that I could somehow change my life and, and kind of change how I felt about myself on the inside and what I could do. Um, mm -hmm. And my first sort of glimmer of hope uh, was when I moved out of home to go to college because mm -hmm. I thought to myself, well, this is my first time getting out of my town, getting away from my immediate family and my immediate surroundings. So mm -hmm. maybe I can, I can start over and reinvent myself. Um, mm -hmm. But within a couple of days of getting to college, I, I, I was so socially awkward and so kind of still a depressed, uh, weird guy that I realized 
I could move a thousand miles and it wouldn't matter because I'm still taking myself with me. So I was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was really, yeah. And it's just like, once that hit is like, now what? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, um, I, I had an interest in ex- exercise, working out health and fitness. It, it was kind of my one highlight of my day. And I wanted to make some kind of a career out of that or start some kind of a business around that. But I didn't know what, but I liked the idea of, choosing my own destiny and being self-employed. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, I really hate college. It's really not working out for me because my social life was so miserable that I couldn't, I, I just felt no motivation to focus on my grades or classes. So I decided I really don't need a college degree to start a business. I, it's mm-hmm. just, I'm just sitting here waiting to graduate and maybe I wouldn't be able to. So I dropped out after like, what was it? Three, three semesters I dropped out. And I started like taking online courses on business and marketing and trying to find people to learn from. And I actually had some hit hit and miss successes because um, I've always had a passion for writing and I have a a talent for writing. Um, And I was able to start a couple of like really bare bones, um, kitchen table, like online businesses, where I was working with people who taught um, like yoga or, or workouts like that. Um, and I, uh, I started to get, ha- I started to have more misses than hits and I started mm-hmm. to lose money and I started to lose a lot of money. I started to like, I would use this credit card. I'd use this credit card over here and only pay the minimum. Or sometimes I wouldn't pay the minimum and toss the bill aside and other, other mail would go on top of it and it would disappear. Oh, so, <laughs> so it must not exist then. Uh, and this is a bad strategy. And I, I really, I mean, I was mostly though, I was really miserable because I just felt so alone. And I start to mm-hmm. drink vodka every morning. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like a, I pour a glass with half vodka and half an energy drink. And that was my breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time I was doing a lot of like typical self-help stuff. I was visualizing the kind of life I wanted and I was setting, writing down goals and taping them to the wall. I even made a goofy vision board. And when, if anyone ever came over, I'd hide the thing because I felt so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. I, I know other people do that. So, I, hey, I love my vision okay, board. Good, good. <laughs> that probably is what. That's okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> but that's probably what helps make it work. It's. Be loud and proud about it. I, I, right. I, I was not. I was just like, oh, no, no, no. I don't think my board's that cool. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was, it, so it got pretty rough. And I started really having these, these suicidal thoughts because when you're, when you're sad, you ruminate and ruminate and you loop and loop mm-hmm. and loop. And I didn't, you know, I was doing a lot of the self-help stuff, but there's, there's a missing piece for me because I was still kind of stuck in these strange patterns. And Mm -hmm. um, I was self-sabotaging so much that um, a lot of this like well-intended self-help just wasn't working for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So fortunately I had a, uh, a mentor that I was learning business from, and he was also, it turned, I I would come to find out was really passionate about meditation from this tradition called Taoism. I'm like, I'd kind of heard of Taoism. I'd like heard of 
I think I'd heard of like the Dow of something or other. I don't know. It's like, uh-huh. or the Dow right. to Jing. Yeah, we've all kind of kind of heard about it, but it's like, oh, that's this cool philosophy. There's some cool, I've seen some quotes online and stuff. <laughs> um, and, I, but that's what I didn't realize and that this guy would eventually teach me is that the Taoists as a culture, because you could say as a culture, um, they had their own type of practices that are, are like meditative in nature. And my mentor taught me one of these foundational practices and started teaching kind of all about how the Taoists would meditate. And I had, at this point, I really did have nothing to lose, but it was, it was interesting to me. It was intriguing. It, it felt cool. It's like, oh, these, these, this ancient culture has been doing this for thousands of years and mm-hmm. they, they'd live long. I mean, I, the stories were they'd live longer. They'd develop this amazing, like enlightened, you know, attitude in life. It's kind of funny. One of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the, uh, popular renditions of a Taoist these days is the character Yoda from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So that, cause he's kind of this Zen, he's this little being, but he's very powerful and very wise and mm-hmm. very at peace. And he lives with nature. So that was the essence of like the Western view of Taoism. And it's actually really kind of accurate in, in its kind of fun characters, characterization. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, I started doing this kind of meditation and I felt a lot better. Actually, I would do it in the morning and then I would go drink my vodka. And as I kept doing, yeah, as, as I kept doing the meditation, <laughs> I, I was still in a pretty bad place. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, it turns out well, spoiler alert. So uh, as I progressed though, I realized I would take, a drink of vodka and realize eventually, wait a minute, it's not really making me feel any better. It's just making me kind of more drunk. Mm-hmm. And and then like within the next day, because I was, I was tracking this kind of day by day, mm-hmm. I took a drink and it actually made me feel a little bit worse. Mm. And I was like, oh, whoa, this meditation really is affecting me. So I, I actually stopped drinking the vodka at that point and I didn't really touch it again because I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I just had no urge. Right. And from there, I had people who knew me and just kind of hadn't seen me in a while. Like I'd go to a business meetup and, and they'd say, Nate, there's something different about you. You know, you're, you're looking good. You must be feeling pretty good. You're looking more confident. And I was like, oh, this is not just in my head. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I, and I had such, I felt good and I was getting results from I was getting feedback from the outside world and I was I became very very dedicated to this because nothing else in my life was working out so that was like when I was in my mid-20s and ever since then I've been um, really dedicated to learning all I can about this form of training because hardly anyone knows about it Um, Mm -hmm. and it's 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 been really wonderful so that's kind of the the dark part of my story right there Wow. I love that. And what I love most about it is very relatable. Mm. It's not like, what? (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, I've been there. You know, you know, someone who's been there and to see you um, still have that 
little little tiny light there at the end of the tunnel to want to keep working towards like to still try different things Mm -hmm. i think is what's so powerful because you knew there was something like your maybe your subconscious mind or your spirit just knew that there was something else that could help you and i love that yeah yeah i i i think so um -hmm. and I, i i consciously i had no idea but i'm i'm glad it worked out the way it did yeah absolutely so why do you think maybe this meditation worked better than the self-help practices that you were doing before? Like what was maybe just the difference in between the two? Well, in my, from my experience, mm-hmm. um, there's one, there's one key difference. So the Taoists, they think in terms of um, people having our physical body our mental body, which is like our conscious thoughts, our, our, our brain, our, our rationality or logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, there's even a, a spirit body and, and an energetic body and our spirit bodies would, you could consider it like our soul mm-hmm. and our energy body is if, if you've ever gotten like an acupuncture treatment or just, you know, heard about a friend who did, mm-hmm. um, that was a treatment that works on their energy body. Mm. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting to me because when I, when I first heard about this kind of thing, I was like, oh, I don't know. I, uh, this, this, this doesn't sound legit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, over the years I, I've read, there's, it's preliminary, of course, and it's, it's kind of fringe, but there's very interesting science um, from the Western part of the world showing that we really do have these channels of energy that run through our bodies. In fact, it's in the, it's in the tissue of our fascia, which is this kind of stretchy. um, It's this really tough, but thin layer of uh, tissue in our bodies that actually kind of holds our organs together. Mm -hmm. And for a while scientists thought, Oh, it's just this stuff that holds organs together. Well, it actually has these channels where energy runs through and that's where acupuncture needles go. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the theory is this energy might control our, embryological development um and and it and it has to do with something called piezoelectric energy which is uh or electricity which is generated by the movement of our like bones and the collagen within our bones so it's mm-hmm. it's really fascinating a lot of it just goes over my head at this point mm-hmm. um but it's really fascinating stuff and the myst- like more mystical meditations like the Taoist practice works directly with this kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing all the self-help stuff, I was staying trapped in just the mental and the physical. Like I was mm-hmm. like, when you're depressed, you, you, you get really stuck in your head. And then mm-hmm. I was visualizing, which was just putting more energy in my head. So it would just mm-hmm. kind of loop and loop and loop. And finally, when I worked directly with the energy in my body, that's how I was kind of able to, um, break out of this cycle and, and start in, and and the the energy influenced the mental and the physical because mm-hmm. they're all interrelated mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah I love that that's so interesting I'm gonna have to look into that more because I know what you're talking about or I'll find myself getting into those loops sometimes mm-hmm. and I'm like oh gosh I know I need to shift my energy I know to shift my energy <laughs> but you do you kind of get stuck and you focus on your expectations, and then you focus on how you're not where you want your expectations. Um, you're not there where your expectations are, and then you just kind of stay in the circle. So I really like that um, new train of thinking. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Oh, thank you. And I mean, it, it, it's, I think it's kind of rough for those of us who start taking a deep dive into working on ourselves, because mm -hmm. sometimes we end up kind of feeling guilty because it's like, I, sh I should know better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it affects us all. It doesn't matter if you've spent like 20, 30 years with self-development, you still run into those spaces. And yeah. that's why there's there's always something different that teaches us new ways. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. What do you think maybe like the biggest resistance that came up for you while doing this type of meditation? It's a standing meditation, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. And I can I could give a, a, a brief explanation because someone might be like, well, what, what do you mean standing? It's oh yes, yes, yeah, sorry, let me backtrack a little bit. <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. I mean, because um, it's I could I could just describe it so uh, people can even try it themselves and or at least know you know kind of just what we're describing here. It's done with like your feet facing straight forwards, a little bit wider than your shoulders, and you unlock your knees slightly. So you're not just you're not just standing like up like mm. normally, like you're waiting for a bus. Um, and you you lengthen and straighten your spine. And the way you do that is you kind of tuck your hips a little bit forward. It's almost like you're trying to take, like tuck your butt directly under you. Mm. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. I like to joke. It's like, it's like the opposite of someone kind of like sticking out their butt on Instagram for some photos. <laughs> it's like, I love it. Yeah. And it's kind of perfect because we all know what that is. So it's like, oh, the opposite of that. Okay. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're kind of like pointing, you're trying to like almost point your tailbone straight down. And then you tuck your chin down, which kind of has an interesting effect because when you tuck your chin down, you're mm -hmm. actually giving your neck a gentle stretch in the back, mm -hmm. which is where your, which is where your spine is. So that's, that's like the essence of this meditation. And, and the way, the reason you do that, it loop back, it loops back to the idea of energy because this posture opens up your energy channels just mm. by standing in it. Um, so my biggest, my biggest challenge, honestly, when I started it, it wasn't the practice itself. It was my levels of jadedness and bitterness toward the idea of trying out these new things new for mm. me mm -hmm. because I hadn't, I just had such terrible results with everything before. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was, I'm, I really have that, or I had that loud voice in my head. I was like, this is a waste of time. What are you doing? <laughs> which is, which can be huge when you're meditating because mm -hmm. you're literally just sitting there or standing there. So mm -hmm. it can be hard to get your rational mind to play nice about the practice. So th that was my, the, it was interesting because the biggest resistance wasn't doing the practice itself. It was all my stories surrounding the idea that I could actually finally change. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge because um, even if we don't like our story, we've like kind of invested our identity into it. So yeah. you have to kind of go through like a little bit of an ego death to let some things go. And it just feels uncomfortable. So very valid to have that type of resistance. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love the way you put that. That that makes total sense. Yes. We, even if we don't like her story, we we're invested in it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's like, we're going to, we're going to chase it because that's, that's our comfort zone. And letting go of that story would it's it, it could be painful because it's it's like another layer of admitting that mm -hmm. that you might have made some mistakes so yeah. it's kind of goes back to that whole guilt thing 
Oh yeah, definitely. So why do you think it is so difficult to break out of like unhealthy patterns that we have? I know we touched a little bit on that, but why do you think that is? And like, do you know of some ways that that we can do that? There's so many ways to break out of it, but what are some great ways that you've kind of come across? Well, I think one of the major roadblocks is, is actually, I honestly think you put it really well, which is like our investment in the identities and stories we've created. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's the funny thing. Now, here's, here's what makes it really, really in, um, insidious. When we are trapped in a negative pattern, um, part of the pattern's design is that it? We think it's actually the best course of action. Not only, not only that, we feel we re, we really emotionally feel comfortable um, falling back into the pattern. Mm-hmm. I, I like to say that like patterns patterns disguise themselves because if you kind of expose them, like drawing back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. you'd re, you, you'd see it for what it is. So and and for patterns to su- sustain themselves, they mm-hmm. can't have that. So. It's kind of like almost like a physical metaphor for that would be if you have chronically tight like shoulders and and a chronically tight uh, neck in terms of your neck muscles. What happens with the body eventually is that the physical tension, uh, you become numb to it. Because if you weren't if you weren't numb to it, um, it would drive you nuts. It would feel mm-hmm. weird. Which mm-hmm. is, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but sometimes when you when you do like an exercise where you really relax yourself and you relax your muscles physically, mm-hmm. it's kind of surprising. It's like I didn't realize I was carrying tension mm-hmm. that long. Yep. So, and 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 we didn't realize it because uh, we our our bodies were literally numbing us to it just just so we could kind of maintain that level of tension because as far as our central nervous system is concerned well we we need to be tense we need to protect ourselves we need to mm-hmm. we need to maintain this kind of vigilance um so it's the same thing with our pattern with our patterns our 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 psychology our our neurochemistry is geared toward maintaining them and and making us feel like it's the proper thing to do, mm-hmm. which it's almost like in order to break out of the pattern, first, we have to expose the illusion for what it is. Mm. Um, so that's, that's like the biggie of, of what makes it so difficult to break out of it's mm-hmm. y- you literally um, feel as though it's, it, it would be wrong to break out of it. It feels strange. It feels weird. Um, so one of the, one of the biggest ways I've found to break out of patterns, um, I'll get, I'll give you more than one. Cause I, th- I think there's, there's a couple different ways that are better depending on like the person or the situation. One um, comes from my own experience, which was uh, oddly enough with, with the drinking alcohol every morning and then doing this meditation is that I actually mushed two patterns together hmm. because I always promised myself, you know what? I can have my drink. But I'm going to do a couple of minutes of this meditation first, Mm. which is like at at first, it's like, well, I guess people can do that. That's pretty easy. But is that really going to go anywhere? It's like, that doesn't sound good. But Mm -hmm. here's here's the way I started. Like, I was kind of sneaking around my pattern because if patterns are going to be sneaky and try and disguise themselves, I'm going to be sneaky right back. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I love yeah. that. Oh, thank you. So my, my way of sneaking was I, I did this every day, but I would meditate a little bit more. And it's almost like a negotiation. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to add like five seconds. Okay, okay, no problem. So eventually I was meditating five minutes and then I, sure, I'll take a drink. And then and then I'd kind of kick it up to like 10, 10 seconds. So I'd be like five minutes and 10 seconds. No problem. I, I barely even took longer than yesterday. So my while I'm doing this, my brain chemistry is is, is rewiring my brain. Mm-hmm. to to be comfortable with this pattern with this daily ritual of okay okay you're a guy who meditates every day for five minutes fine whatever and eventually just got more ingrained and more ingrained i added a little bit more i added a little bit more time until eventually i felt so good that i could drop the drinking and I still had this pattern of morning meditation. So I mushed them together and then the old one kind of disintegrated. Hmm. And I was, I was left with this new one. Um, so that was, that's one way. And, and that's more of like a day, that's a really good nitty gritty daily practice sort of way. Um, and mm-hmm. there's there, I, I don't have it like off the top of my head, but I know there's some kind of cool preliminary research showing that it choosing uh, a time of the day where not, not just a time, but sort of like after this activity, I'm going to do this or before this activity, I'm going to do this. That form mm-hmm. of building a pattern is, is, is pretty effective. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, swinging over to like the more big picture side of it. One of the best ways to kind of disrupt a pattern you want to get rid of is to go straight to the level of your identity. Um, because I, I've had some rock bottom moments in my life. Like e- even after I started doing this meditation, there are a lot more we can talk about, but um, using one's rock bottom moments as almost like an energetic shock to reset yourself um, mm-hmm. can, can be really, really effective. Uh, especially if you can use that to sort of disrupt your environment and change your patterns. Um, now, when, when I went to college, it wasn't really, it, it certainly was changing my environment, but there was, there was no like sudden shock to go along with it. Mm-hmm. However, um, I, I've had instances where uh, I had a falling out with business partners, or I, I had an instance where I filed for bankruptcy. And I, I used those rock bottom moments to, switch something about my identity. It's like you said, an, an ego death. So I use mm-hmm. those instances to really let go um, and decide I'm no longer a person who's like this. Like, for instance, with my bankruptcy, it's like, all right, I, I've got to back off from trying to be this um, really crazy, successful, overnight, famous entrepreneur. And instead my I'm going to wrap my identity around saving a little bit of money from working a job every day and being being the tortoise instead of the hare. Mm-hmm. So when we can use our pain and and our like sometimes when the world seems to be crumbling around us, we can use that as a moment to really shed some of these really big pieces of our identity and install something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and usually the healthiest way is to think in terms of less, not more, 
um, more, you know, more self-care, more simplicity. Because what, and then once, once we're working with our identity, everything kind of flows from there. It's like, well, I'm not the kind of person who's going to um, watch, you know, this much uh, or spend this much time on social media. I'm not the kind of person that goes out with friends drinking three nights a week when I could be kind of working on a, a side project. Mm-hmm. Um, because people who have these kind of identities installed, they really don't need anything else because it's it's because the identity creates what you're comfortable and uncomfortable with. And when you're comfortable with doing something that's healthy and successful for you, you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was so powerful, and I love that yeah. because I've. I've also been reading uh, more about this topic too. Um, and oh, cool. I'm like, wow, this is like, this is like, uh, it must be my message for the weekend. <laughs> I just read go. something about cool. like, you know, with identity and, you know, just shifting um, out of that. And that's so fascinating. Cause I think sometimes when we view like, when we're frustrated or we're like kind of feeling like you're at that ceiling. I think that that's really more of a shift in your identity because something's not working. So you're going to have to pivot to a different way of being. And it that's that moment, that time. So I love that. Thank you so much for that message. Oh, you're welcome. No, I appreciate what, what you just said. Um, it reminds me of kind of the concept of a, a spiritual death. Yeah. Um, because in the in a when walking the spiritual path, it's not all hearts and roses. No, in fact, not at all. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> it's the complete opposite. <laughs> no, yeah, and, 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 and those deaths can be a t- are, are are the time that can actually really be of the biggest change, and it's also the times when the most people turn their backs on the path mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because often because they just don't really realize. No, this 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 actually is a growth period. It's it may seem yeah. bad, but it's growth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So good, good message. Love it. Um, So what was kind of like your first moment when you realized that the meditation was really making a huge difference for you and you could just continue to implement this in your life? Was it that feedback from other people or was it something that you really felt internally within yourself? Um, the, The other people was part of it. And mm-hmm. I think the major moment for me, um, I actually didn't mention this uh, before, is that about three or four months into the practice, which mm-hmm. if, if you look at one's lifetime, three or four months is not that long. But when you're starting a new thing, it's it can feel like a long time away. Oh, yeah, so for yeah. sure. So it's kind of cool to, yeah, it's kind of cool to have that perspective where it's just like, oh, yeah, just three or four months. It's like, well, that's a, that's a a while to be doing something. Um, I, I, I'd been feeling better. I had had a few people, you know, mentioned that I, I seemed like a kind of a different person. And I was like, this is cool. So I, I was doing the practice pretty consistently and I was getting up to like 10 minutes a day. And in fact, at this point, I was kind of like, I did it in the morning, but I'd, I'd also do a little meditating in the evening too. Cause I'm like, this stuff is kind of neat. I kind of feel good from it. And I had, I had no life to speak of. So I had the time. So I was like, all right, I I could do a little in the evening. Um, And there was one moment when I was doing this and I, I, I I remember it really clearly because I was feeling good. I was getting in the zone. I was, my mind was getting 
pretty quiet. And all of a sudden, my body felt like it was glowing, almost like I was mm. a miniature sun. Wow. And yeah, and I felt really, really, really good. The best way I could describe it is just like it was this tremendous release and I felt a lot freer and I just felt a lot happier and mm-hmm. very warm. The room wasn't any hotter than it was before, but I felt really warm. Mm-hmm. So I kept going and I could even like, it was weird. It's like in my imagination, I was seeing like more and more light. It was really cool. And I was like, whoa. And I sat, I had a futon behind me. So I sat down on my futon after I was done. I was just like, I've never felt anything like that before. And mm-hmm. I had no, I had no idea what was going on. Um, but that was the moment when I decided I really, really am going to dedicate my life to this. That was kind of like that identity change moment, but with mm-hmm. a positive experience. And I, I took advantage of it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, cause a lot of people, they might have a cool experience or breakthrough and might not realize that's an opportunity to really honor that moment. And and it's an opportunity to kind of plant a flagpole and realize, okay, I, uh, I'm onto something really cool here. Mm -hmm. So that, that was probably, you could almost call it my make or break moment. And I decided to, I decided to make it and looking back, I didn't have the language for it. I didn't really have the, I, I didn't really, take it upon myself to, to research this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I really had like, it, it was like an energetic release. That's what it was. All, mm-hmm. all I knew is that was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. It's just kind of like tapping into like our real true human spirit, which is so powerful, but we've just been conditioned to believe that we're just so small. So when we mm. have experiences like that, it feels like, what? Yeah. yeah. It's like, wait, what is this? What is this? Is that like, that I don't remember taking anything. Like, what's, <laughs> yeah, right? what's going on? Yeah, it's, exactly. So, and it's, and what a blessing, you know, to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you're doing this, you're doing it, you go on every day, you're implementing new patterns and habits. Was there ever a time where you're like, ugh, I'm tired of this. Like, I just want to quit. It it actually came up almost daily in, mm. in its own way, because there were times when I would be sitting in my chair and I knew it was it was my time to, to do my practice. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, uh, I was doing it daily and it, it was so bizarre because I'd be like, all right, I'm going to get up in just a moment and do it. No, really. I, all right. I'm just going to get, Oh wait, <laughs> let me write. I, this, I think there's an email I have to reply to. And I, I swear to you, it would get to the point where I, I looked at like the clock on my computer screen and I'd be like, Oh, I just spent the same amount of time sitting mm-hmm. here telling myself I'm going to do it, then it actually would have taken me to do it. Right. It, it's been that many minutes. But the good part was, even after that, I would still just stand up and do it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, in, in Taoism, there's a, there's a cool concept. Um, I think, I think this concept is in like every spiritual t- tradition where they have these two sort of these ideas of these two kind of um, spirits in your body. They're called the Hun and the Po. And mm. the Po are the ones that want you to just like chill out, 
pop on Netflix, have a drink or whatever, um, eat, eat whatever your cheat food is and nothing else. The Han are the ones that are more virtuous and, and want, and kind of are more geared toward, um, devotion and delayed gratification and hard work and kindness. Um, Mm -hmm. and the idea in the Taoist tradition is that there's a, you really have, have to cater and feed to one of these. And as you do, it gets stronger and stronger and the other one gets weaker and weaker. So it really, it's, it's sort of the spiritual version of willpower. And because I was doing this daily practice and had built a habit, I was kind of feeding the the virtuous hun more and more and more mm-hmm. and the po less and less and less, which I found it doesn't matter what the spiritual tradition is or the, or the walk someone's taking. The fact is here on planet earth, it really does come back to, you know, the, the old Nike slogan, just doing it because that's going to feed your virtues and it's going to, it's going to make it easier for you to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, there's the quote from the Tao Te Ching that, journey of a thousand miles begins with one step and probably that that first stumbling step and the few after that are going to be some of the hardest Mm -hmm. um so i kind of had the urge to quit every single day um but big big picture so it was it was helping my life out so much and i really had nothing else i was going well that in the big picture sense i was i was really committed because i I was just so grateful for the for the preliminary results that I did get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And also very relatable. Like how many times do we like want to quit something after like even if it's good for us, it's like yeah. I just don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And I'm so interested in learning more about this Taoism, but I'm not really super familiar with it. So could you share a little bit about how the ancient Taoists view challenging situations so that they could be able to overcome them? Sure. You know, the the essence of Taoism is seeking balance, or I'm sorry, seeking harmony through Mm. balance. Mm, Gotcha. Um, Okay. And the, uh, just a, a tiny amount of, background on on Taoism in general it started with like shamans in what's known today as Siberia up in I, I guess that would be uh, northern eastern Russia um, and they migrated down to the land that is now known uh, as China or well it's been known as China for a long time but this is I think this is before even the country was formed mm-hmm. uh, roughly and it, Taoism really proliferated in China. And the idea is that there is this thing called the Tao, um, which a common quote about the Tao is the Tao that can be described is not the true Tao, which is essentially meaning like words can only kind of point to it. Um, mm-hmm. But the but the Tao is like a way of being, the way of a virtuous way of living how it's the way that nature lives virtuously and thrives and, 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 and is, and works. And is basically um, the, the essence of an unsullied life. So Taoists of course are all about becoming one with that idea and working Mm -hmm. on themselves so that they can be that um, part of unsullied nature which by the way it not it doesn't necessarily mean like unsullied nature is in like a beautiful plant or something like that although mm-hmm. it can it's more like the way that the universe is unfolding mm-hmm. um 
So Taoists in, in their journey of, of living in this kind of human realm would develop these energetic practices and their, and not only that, but mindsets and ways of living so that they could live in this time and space and yet still be working on themselves and growing closer to the Tao. Mm -hmm. um, and challenges, the way they would see them is that challenges were either one, thrown their way as a lesson to overcome, or two, that challenges were kind of um, a reverberation of karma that was sent out earlier. So if a person with like a Taoist mindset, if they were an angry person that might have mistreated people when they were a bit younger, um, that can send out reverberations that could come back to them in the form of having to deal with angry people. Mm -hmm. And the Taoists would see that as, all right, if, if I've got, if I'm dealing with an angry person, number one, it could be a reverberation from past karma. And the way for me to resolve that karma, um, we call it intercepting karma, is to still treat this person with respect and kindness, not necessarily letting them steamroll over me, because I, right. I also have to treat myself with respect and kindness. Right, right. Um, mm -hmm. But there's no reason to sort of rev up the interaction in terms of like uh, ar arguing or or even thinking poorly of the person. Mm -hmm. It could just be politely getting out of that person's um, uh, area, like, like in terms of, you know, stop the communication of that person. Mm -hmm. Right. And the other the other side of that is, oh, OK, this could be a challenge for me. And what is this challenge supposed to be? doing to mold my character in a certain way? Mm. Um, and how can I be more flexible to be molded by that challenge? Um, in fact, there's, there's a, there's a cool story that I was told by one of my teachers, which goes like, there's a farmer and, uh, he, you know, he would be raising horses and one of the horses ran away and his neighbors would come by and say like, Oh, that's, that's too bad. What a challenge. I'm so sorry for you. This is really bad. And the farmer would say, well, don't say good. Don't say bad. You, you can simply say my horse ran away. Right. Yeah. Which a lot of people might say, well, that's a pretty kind of detached, like kind of almost machine-like attitude. But mm -hmm. it's not about um, a lack of feeling or loving life. It's more, it's like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cloud the situation with my mm -hmm. own kind of filters of good and bad because right. that clouding might act might actually prevent me from best dealing with the situation in a way that's going to be healthy and help me thrive. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool story because the idea is the horse eventually comes back with a bunch of wild horses. It so it turned out to be a blessing, or, or so mm -hmm. the townspeople would say, because his neighbors come by, was like, "Oh, what a good thing! These your horse came back and it brought more horses." And the farmer mm -hmm. would be like, "Well, don't say good, don't say bad. It just say the horses came back with." <laughs> and, and the townspeople were even like. That's you're even weirder than we thought. <laughs> yeah, this is a good. You won't even acknowledge a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So, and and the, and the story continues from there because well, they're wild horses, so they have to be uh, kind of trained, trained and put more a saddle time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. his the farmer's son would start to train these horses, and one of the horses threw the son, and the son fell yeah. off the horse and broke his leg. 
So, of course, the neighbor's like, oh, that's a terrible. Your son was your only help on the farm. This is a tragedy. This is bad. This is quite a challenge you got going there. So the farmers say, well, don't say good. Don't say bad. You could simply say my son hurt his leg. He broke his leg. Towns be like, all right, whatever. So uh, in this village uh, or uh, the the larger country or area this village is a part of uh, mm-hmm. got engaged in a war. So um, the army recruited soldiers for this war and they came to the town and the neighbors, you know, their, their eldest sons had had to go fight in this war. But the farmer's son had a broken leg. So he, he wasn't um, required to go. He couldn't he couldn't stand up. So the townspeople were like, whoa, wait a minute. This the kid broke his leg, but that's actually a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Farmer, yeah. you're so lucky. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> um, and so the farmer would say, it's not good. It's not bad. You can simply say, I have my son. So that's how they look not only at challenges, but even blessings. And it's, it's not, 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 not this like, cold-blooded machine-like response it's it's not and it seems like a lot of dedicated meditators sometimes develop this mm-hmm. where it's like i i meditate i look <laughs> at life very objectively it's like it's like dude you're you're burying some yeah what's there. going on there <laughs> yeah. are you okay <laughs> relax <laughs> yeah and I've, I've been there it's like and it gets mm-hmm. it's like oh look at it. Oh, very spiritual so um it the idea though is that you you can have your personal preferences, but it's it's not this emphasis on like oh this is terrible or oh this is so great I I have arrived. It's it's more like okay this is happening. I'm open. I am open, and as a result, um, I'm gonna come at this in the most mature, um, balanced, observant way. And as and as a result life will objectively get better because you're open to it and you're Mm -hmm. not letting it rock you back and forth. Like you're Mm -hmm. caught in a bunch of ocean waves. Um, Your life will get gradually better as a result and you'll get closer to the Tao. I love that. That's so good. And I was like totally understanding what you're saying because it's kind of like kind of taking this outside view, but with that, you take that pressure off of, the expectations or the situation so for instance if we say something's bad then obviously we're gonna start to feel bad or we're gonna feel depressed or we're gonna feel um whatever we're feeling and that may not even be a bad or good thing they're just you know emotions are just guides but at the same time it kind of can stunt you from moving forward and if we see something that's good that we hold on to that and then it's always going to be subjected to change, which then puts you out of balance. So the whole key is just to be in that balance and harmony, like you said. So I like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love what you say. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of like, it comes down to uh, attachment, you know, it's there, there's mm-hmm. a difference between like being like, Ooh, you know, this, this situation isn't one, you know, I'm really fond of, or it's like, yeah, this, I don't know. I I'd like to change this versus just like, right (laughs) extreme uh, you know feelings behind it which is like that doesn't actually change the situation it just puts you out of balance so i like that exactly yeah yeah perfect yeah it makes perfect sense (laughs) that's awesome 
So out of this whole journey, what was one of like the scariest part of it and how did you handle that? Um, interestingly enough, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier, how the, the spiritual path is not all fun and hearts and roses. Um, mm-hmm. The scariest stuff actually came after I started doing this practice and I started mm-hmm. really diving into my spiritual walk because mm-hmm. um, I had I had like ruined my financial life so much that um, one, I, I went through um, a, a falling out with a couple of business partners mm-hmm. and I needed, I realized I needed to just get a regular job for a while just to pay my rent and pay my, pay for groceries and stuff. And it was shortly after 2008. So the financial oh, yeah. crisis was close. It was, it was, it was not ancient history yet. I mean, it still isn't really, but it was really close back then. So I realized I I don't really have much of a resume to speak of. And I was really letting my fear get to me. Mm -hmm. So I got a job and this is, this is how I, I wound up getting a job spinning a sign on a street corner while wearing a costume. Cause yeah, I went on a Craigslist. I'm just like, what can a guy like me do? I I don't have like a degree in accounting or something like that. It's like, I kind of cut off a lot of avenues when I dropped out of college. So I'm like, I clicked on general labor and I saw this ad where it's just like full time starts at 10 bucks an hour. You can listen to some music all day. Oh yeah. That's how they get you. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I'm in, I am in. That, I did the math. I'm like, that covers my rent. It can cover my food. I'll do it for a few months. I'll listen to audiobooks. Uh, actually, I did too. I started with Steve Jobs' biography. I listened to one about like George Washington or something like that. And I listened to like mm-hmm. some business stuff and music. Uh, but I mean, that's, I started working that job. And that is when I also filed for bankruptcy because um, I couldn't even pay the bare minimum payments on all my debt. Once I realized the math just wasn't going to work, I was like, all right, I need to like treat this as like a spiritual cleansing here. It's mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm, I'm starting over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was using that rock bottom moment to um, really turn my financial life around because at that moment, I'm like, you know what? Now I have no excuses. I really can just save a little bit of money with every paycheck. I can really actually start planning my financial life. And I did. Um, I, I probably brought home, it varied, but it was like $330 a week or something like that. I forget because mm-hmm. I, I got raises. I I got up to $10.25 an hour. I so threw Nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it kept going up. It was like $10.50. So, um, but that that was actually one of the, I, I felt good at that time in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I was, cause I was, it was simplifying my life. It was giving me solitude. The scary part was when that, the, the, uh, the chain of stores I worked for, they went out of business. And that's when things got really scary because I'd realized I was back to being that guy who desperately needed a job. And I still had to put, um, food on my table. I still have to pay rent. And I got a job loading trucks, which was brutal. Um, mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. extremely taxing. Um, and I was working much longer shifts. Uh, I was earning a bit more, but it was, it was an incredibly scary, chaotic job. And I was really in a constant state of panic. I was, I was really stressed out. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the scariest moments for me was 
not just, it was the combination of like, I don't know, I've got to pay my rent and I don't have work lined up, mm-hmm. which it's really frightening because it almost felt like nothing around me. When I was sitting in my condo, uh, nothing around me felt real. It was, it was mm-hmm. eerie. It's like I could be on the streets or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I actually did get a job, I was worried I was going to get fired because um, I, I was kind of, that wasn't true. I wasn't going to, I was doing a pretty good job, but in my mind, I felt like, Oh, I can't keep up. I'm not mm-hmm. strong enough. I'm not smart enough to memorize how this job works. So that was the scariest part for me. And what kept me going was that I still did my practice, even if it kind of moved the needle for me internally back to almost normal, mm-hmm. at least I was doing it because that it was kind of like an external spiritual death because mm-hmm. I was like, e- even at the physical level, like I was so shaken from stress that things were really getting worked up in me. So the, but the saving grace was that I still maintained a healthy, nourishing, fulfilling spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like the fishing line I held on to, to guide me through it. Um, mm-hmm. And it it took a lot longer than I would have liked, but I, I eventually was able to get more solid footing in my career in a different line of work. And it, and it, and I, looking back, it really was um, my dead, my daily dedication to this, to this spiritual practice that got me through. I love that. And it sounds like throughout this journey, um, you were put in a lot of positions to be out of your comfort zone, right? <laughs> yeah. I was th- yeah. It's like life would gave me the opportunity. When I said no, it threw me into it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but why do you think that's something that can be so hard or like why people can have so much trouble with just kind of getting out of your comfort zone on your own? Well, cause it, it feels bad. Um, because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's kind of like the name says, by definition, it's, it's not comfortable when you do it. Um, yeah. and not only that, oftentimes, um, we'll be surrounded by friends that are kind of not consciously, but they're focused on keeping us in our comfort zones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I was quote unquote fortunate in that when I was going through all these challenges, I was pretty alone Fortunately, my spiritual practice was nourishing that part of me that needed um, that that would normally desperately need the bond of other humans, uh, Mm -hmm. other human beings. Um, And it was also good because when I came at the other end, I was was able to attract into my life much better, um, more healthy, nourishing people that we where we could all kind of grow together. So I think that honestly, the biggest thing that's keeping people um, from breaking out of the comfort zones is other people mm. and because we can feel guilty. We can feel selfish if we're trying to do something and it detracts from time with our friends. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, even more in cities can be if our relatives, if we're close to our relatives and mm-hmm. they have their own comfort zones, which influences our comfort zones. Yeah. So I, it's the guilt. It is, it's the fact that it's going to feel strange. Um, and I honestly think that some people, they, if they do gear up to get out of the comfort zones, they might throw themselves so far out that um, there's kind of a, a rubber band effect where they get bounced back in. Um, mm. And I, I think it's much healthier to kind of um, 
it's almost like dipping your toe in the water and testing the edge of your comfort zone and doing so in a way where you can, you're doing so in a way that's aligned with who you truly are as a person. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to step out of your comfort zone in a way that's not aligned with who you are as a person, you're just going to, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be fun. You're going to feel bad. And then you're just mm -hmm. getting more ingrained with the idea that stepping out of your comfort zone is bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's why uh, for a lot of people, especially with their parents, yeah. um, like you regress or just like our brain is just so wired to notice any triggers. And so it could just be like a tone of voice or it could be yeah. um, just a word or anything that's, you know, we spent most of our lives as a child around our parents. And so like when you go back to visit for the holidays or whatever, yeah. it's like, ah. I yeah. try to get away from this. And then yeah. they never know that you grew because they're seeing the same behavior because they're triggering you. So it's just yeah, so interesting, right? Oh, it's huge. Like, yeah, my teachers joke, like, because we would have a class, like, right before Thanksgiving. It's you're about to visit the very people <laughs> that caused your wounding. Oh, great. Yeah, it's like, oh, nice. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's the only... The only thing you can do is is think of it as that test. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, here we go. We're entering the real arena now. Yep, yep. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's see how much <laughs> I've grown for real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. So yeah. when it comes to meditation, I know it can be really hard to quiet the mind. I think that's probably the most difficult thing for people to grasp when it comes to meditation. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways of really quieting your mind, if you can, when you're meditating? Um, I, I think there are two really great ones and, and you can kind of use them in, in tandem with each other. The first is really the acknowledgement that when thoughts pop up, that's often um, unprocessed emotions bubbling mm -hmm. up and, and finally unraveling. Mm -hmm. So it could be something to celebrate because I think there's a lot of guilt that happens and a lot of frustration that people feel when they meditate. And all of a sudden you're thinking about an argument from... <laughs> 10 years ago mm -hmm. uh, or something mm -hmm. that is like, Oh, I wish I never did that. Oh, it's so embarrassing. And, mm -hmm. and to just pivot to the mindset of, okay, I'm finally digging this up and getting rid of it for good. Because mm -hmm. when that stuff comes up during a, a really a dedicated meditation practice, that's it's different than if it's just popping up when you're in a bad spot. Um, mm -hmm. It's a lot more um, healthy when it, when it's, when it's happening, when you're meditating. So the other, and the other thing to do, and you can do this at the same time is um, focusing on deep breathing, because mm -hmm. when you focus on deep breathing, it's like giving your mind a bone to chew on, like mm -hmm. a chew toy. Um, mm -hmm. You can focus on what does my breath feel like? Um, am I, am I keeping my shoulders relaxed? Um, can I relax my muscles on the inhale and on the exhale, um, how warm does my belly start to feel? Mm -hmm. And diverting your attention back to the breath over and over and over and over and over again um, mm -hmm. is a way to, it's, it's sort of like going back to the hunt and the poe. It's a way of restricting energy that would normally get fed to your thoughts and diverting that energy to your breathing and your focus on your breathing. And that, that kind of creates a healthy cycle 
that can lead to a much, much more quiet mind. Mm, I like that. I, I really like that um, advice because uh, sometimes I hear people say like, find a sound in the room like the ceiling the ceiling fan and just listen to that and then it'll be quiet but mm-hmm. i like how you um mentioned about you know whatever is coming up it's kind of being cleansed and it's kind of giving that little bit of reflection of what's going on beyond the surface instead of fighting with it mm-hmm. and getting frustrated with yourself so i really do like that feedback that was really good cool well i'm glad i'm glad uh, yeah i hope i hope it's helpful yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned surrender a little bit earlier today. And I know that a lot of people like that's a common word that we use, like with the spiritual development world. Um, but how can surrender be relevant to someone that wants to actually accomplish something or be successful? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. It kind of goes back to the same sort of paradox we talked about earlier with like good, for, it's not good, it's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. cause there's, there's more, there's more subtlety to it. So this is kind of near and dear to my heart because I used to be someone that I, I wanted to be a success in business. I wanted a great relationship and those are all achievements in the tangible world. So, mm-hmm. and then I, I hear about the spiritual stuff where, oh, you surrender and it's all good. It's all about the present moment. I'm like, wait, I don't know how, how can these two work with each other? Oh, can they work with each other? Well, it turns out in the spiritual tradition, surrender isn't about just sitting around. Um, it isn't just about being uh, slothful. Um, mm-hmm. Surrender is the understanding that the spiritual walk will involve its own timing. It involves its own challenges that you're set to have. Mm-hmm. And it involves like, how the rest of the world works involves how the Tao works Um, and surrendering to that. And while operating within those um, parameters, still working to be the best you that you can be. So Mm -hmm. I I think a great, I always go back to kind of exercise because I, it's kind of, I can wrap my head around it a little bit better. So it's kind of the idea that someone might go to the gym, lift some weights And the reason they're lifting weights is because they want to get stronger arms. So going to the gym and lifting weights is work. You you know, that you're not going to surrender in terms of like, all right, I I surrender the the workout. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, but the idea is that when you go home afterwards, it would be pretty silly to look at your arms and be like, okay, are you growing? Uh, uh, mm. You know, uh, muscle tissue, are, are you getting, are you repairing yourself? Are the chemicals within the muscles, are, are you replenishing yourself? Is my AEP going up? Why aren't you growing bigger? What's going on? What am I doing wrong as a person? Why isn't this going faster? The, 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 the muscles can grow stronger, but it's, they're going to do so on their own timeline and they're going to do so beyond your conscious awareness. Mm. Um, so you might as well surrender to that process and just be the best you that you can be. Um, mm-hmm. And this is tremendous applications in the business world because there's so many business people out there who are like, I want to get this many likes. I want to get, I want this to go viral on Instagram or something like this. I want to do this and this and this. I want this to happen. I want to get this income. You have to, in my opinion, 
surrender to the specific numbers that would happen at this specific time in this specific way, while at the same time taking that same energy and devoting it to what your rituals are, what your practices are, and expanding your knowledge base. And then, and I, I, I know this from, from being fortunate to know a lot of people who are successful in business, the numbers that are out of your control will take care of themselves. Um, and it's, and and it's same with relationships. I mean, we already kind of covered health with the exercise aspect. It's the same with relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, when you work on yourself, the, some people might fall out of your life. I mean, when you work on yourself, people will fall. I can Mm, guarantee it. I can guarantee Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) um, and you had, you, you must surrender to that, uh, fighting against that would either mean, turning your back on your own growth or Mm -hmm. um, committing to a much less healthy relationship or being manipulative to another person. So Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to surrender to other people's decisions in that regard, but that does not mean being a passive person necessarily. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't mean being a person who gives up. Um, It's just being much more clear and accepting of what is in your control and what is out of your control. And I think, and I found that when you get, when you get more clear about that, all of a sudden the openness leads to more things being not necessarily in your control, but more things being influenced by you. Mm, Um, And all of a sudden you really can get these cool outcomes where, wow, um, thank you. (laughs) I'm grateful that things worked out the way they did. So oh, it, yeah. yeah, comes back to surrender. Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually just went through that whole little um, situation myself where cool. I just had so many things I was like so worried about. And um, it was getting old after a while. Like you can mm. only worry about something for so long before it's like, this isn't working or yeah. I'm only sabotaging myself more. I end up like, like everything's out of balance. Like you're dropping stuff or you end up hurting yourself more. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to accept everything as it is and just focus on what is going right. And what do I have available for me with what's in my view right now and Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna work with that and then like it's like almost instantly it just shifts and changes right to exactly what you want it it's crazy it Mm -hmm. is it's totally crazy i love it yeah so uh let's say someone is listening to this they're kind of like in that previous state of where you used to be and they're kind of interested in it what advice would you give to someone that's willing to give this a try um, I would, I've found the greatest success in practicing in a, in a way that's like Bruce Lee's quote. And Bruce Lee said, I fear not the martial artist who practices 10,000 moves one time. I fear the martial artist that practices one move 10,000 times. Um, so the idea of this extreme simplicity so that you can go deep on something. So Mm -hmm. I found the greatest success because I picked one practice and I dedicated myself to it and I went really deep with it and I really honored that practice. So it, 
it something as simple as deep breathing and and using that time to physically relax more and go deeper into feeling the sensations of the warmth in your belly and and how the air contains energy that you can breathe in and out it's so simple that it can be dismissed as oh okay yeah that's like a simple beginner's practice that's kind of cool to toss into a kind of routine here and there it's really neat that is a practice that you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper on um mm -hmm. and it the results will be more wild and wonderful than than you would get from anything you would think is in it like advanced and complicated and this this a uh, cool routine i've got going and da, da, da. um so my advice would be find a a spiritual practice that resonates with you and treat that as your lifeline um because if you honor it as your lifeline it will start giving back to you it's 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 really like a an investment or a, a relationship um if you want to get something back from it, you have to devote yourself and give a lot to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good too. And I think sometimes maybe just the human mind is always wanting to impress or wanting to impress yourself or impress others. So we kind of skip over the basic principles of things, but it's there where we actually build the connection to what it is we want to achieve. So I really do like that yeah. advice. Yeah, as well. thanks. And and if it helps, like it motivated me to, when I remembered that there were ancient Taoists who would just do the simplest, most basic practices up in mountains and in the ca in caves mm -hmm. and stuff. So it could be simple and sexy. It could be really cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I know you have an excellent book, which is called The Standing Meditation. How can people find out more about it? Oh, uh, thank you for mentioning that. It's on it's on Amazon and um, it can be found on Amazon. I also um, have the website, thestandingmeditation.com, okay. um, where people people can just go to that. And uh, yeah, I really I really appreciate that. And uh, I I poured my heart into the book and um and I, I, it was, it was something that I wanted to, if there's one thing I just want to get out in the world, that was going to be it. So I'm really proud of it. And I hope it, I hope it transforms some lives. Oh, I know it will. I'm, I'm sure it, it already is doing that. So thank you for sharing that light with us. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Nate, I really appreciate this conversation. It's probably go on for another like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have a life and things to do. So thank you so much for your time. And I so appreciate it. And I just can't wait to see where your success takes you. Oh, thank you. I was honored to be here. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye.